Prime members, you can listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Good morning, everybody. Where is the economy heading? There are few people who understand this complicated moment better than Janet Yellen. The Treasury Secretary is an economist who previously chaired the Federal Reserve. We asked her about a wide range of issues that are affecting American families in a real way every day. When I talk to business leaders, they say, we're preparing for a recession. So some have said to me, ask the Treasury Secretary, what does she know that we don't know? More than 150 lawsuits against social media companies will move forward next year. Tonight, you'll hear from some of the families who are taking them on. We're being gaslighted by the big tech companies that it's our fault, when really what we should be doing as parents is banding together and say, no, you need to do better. I'm doing everything I can. You need to do better. You can't wave a wand and make intolerance, hardship, and violence disappear. But you can use magic to try. Everybody, do magic plants! We learned that after visiting a remarkable school in Cape Town, South Africa. It's called the College of Magic. While it's not an accredited institution, it is a real-life Hogwarts, a school filled with students from privilege and from poverty. One, two, three, I'm Leslie Stahl. I'm Bill Whitaker. I'm Anderson Cooper. I'm Sharon Alfonsi. I'm John Wertheim. I'm Nora O'Donnell. I'm Scott Pelley. Those stories and more tonight on 60 Minutes. Have you ever covered a carpet stain with a rug? Ignored a leaky faucet? Pretended your half-painted living room is supposed to look like that? Well, you're not alone. We've all got unfinished home projects, but there's an easier way. 
When you download Thumbtack, it's easier to care for your home from top to bottom. Pull out your phone and in just a few steps, you can search, chat, and book highly rated pros right in your neighborhood. Plus, you'll know what to tackle next because Thumbtack is the app that shows you what to do, who to hire, and when. So say goodbye to all those unfinished home projects and say hello to caring for your home the easier way. Download Thumbtack and start a project today. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. As inflation hovers at a 40-year high, the pandemic lingers and the war in Ukraine rages, a growing number of economists and CEOs are saying the U.S. is headed for a recession. The Secretary of the Treasury, Janet Yellen, essentially the nation's chief financial officer, says she's doing everything in her power to avoid one. Yellen is an economist with over 50 years of experience and the former chair of the Federal Reserve, the U.S. central bank in charge of setting American interest rates. She knows better than most about the delicate balance of trying to engineer an economy that keeps inflation at bay without causing widespread layoffs and a downturn. We wanted to find out what lies ahead in the new year, so we spent the past week with Secretary Yellen to get an update on the economy. What is 2023 going to look like for the average consumer? So I believe inflation will be lower. Um, I am very hopeful that the labor market will uh, remain quite healthy uh, so that people can feel good about their finances and their personal economic situation. I mean, it's been decades since the American consumer has had to deal with inflation like this. Yes, and I hope that it will be short-lived. We learned a lot of lessons from the high inflation we experienced in the 1970s and we're all aware that it's critically important that inflation be brought under control and not become endemic to our economy. And we're making sure that that won't happen. Secretary Yellen told us she sees positive signs on the horizon that many of the underlying causes are slowly being resolved. First of all, shipping costs have come down, delivery lags, which were very long, um, those um, have shortened. Gas prices down. Gas prices are way down. I think we'll see a substantial reduction in inflation in the year ahead. It's going to take a year. Well, I believe by the end of next year, you will see much lower inflation if there's not a, an unanticipated shock. But for families who are paying more at the grocery store, when 2023 comes around, do they need to be worried about a recession? There are always risks of a recession. The economy remains prone to shocks. Um, but look, we have a very healthy banking system. We have very healthy business and household so you don't, sector. You have said this. You do not believe there will be a recession next year. There's a risk of a recession, but um, it certainly isn't, in my view, something that is necessary to bring inflation down. 
In recent weeks, Amazon, DoorDash, Meta, CBS News parent company Paramount, and Pepsi have all had layoffs. When I talk to business leaders, they say, we're preparing for a recession. So some have said to me, ask the Treasury Secretary, what does she know that we don't know? Well, economic growth is slowing substantially, and businesses see that. Look, we had a very rapid recovery from the pandemic. Um, Economic growth was very high, and there was a surge in hiring, put people back to work. We got people back to work. We closed that gap. We have a healthy labor market to bring down inflation, and because almost everybody who wants a job has a job, growth has to slow. When you say growth has, when growth has to slow, that means hiring. We are at or beyond full employment. And so it is not necessary for the economy to grow as rapidly as it has been growing to put people back to work. Janet Yellen has spent her career in economics focused on putting people to work. As head of the San Francisco Federal Reserve in 2009, in the middle of the Great Recession, she gave her staff some memorable marching orders. I tried to remind them that there are people behind the statistics that we look at, that there are real people, and we really have to worry about their well-being. Thousands of people were being laid off, and you tried to remind everybody that that this is not about statistics. I think I said they're people, and I wanted people that worked for me to take seriously the harm and misery that was being experienced by all too many Americans. I mean, how does that affect how you set policy, how you operate here? Well, one has to realize that people are really suffering, and I try to make sure that everybody remembers we're implementing programs that affect people's lives, and we need to do it with a sense of compassion and urgency. Secretary Yellen told us outside of the U.S. economy, the issue she spends the most time on is the war in Ukraine. The only nation's flag we saw in the halls of Treasury besides the stars and stripes was the blue and yellow of Ukraine. You have said that ending Russia's war against Ukraine is the single best thing we can do for the global economy. Yes. Do you see any evidence that that end is in sight? We're doing everything we can to bring this war to a conclusion. Of course, we're providing considerable help um, to Ukraine, both military and economic. Good morning, everybody. The agency in charge of implementing more than 1,000 sanctions on the Russian banking, energy, and military industries isn't the State Department or the Pentagon, it's the Treasury. Yellen has put 41-year-old Deputy Secretary Wally Adeyemo in charge of efforts to cripple the Russian economy and deprive the Russian military of what it needs to fight. Much of the financial war against Russia is being fought from behind these closed doors at Treasury in rooms called Secure Compartmentalized Information Facilities, or SCIFs. And what are some of the things that you can do in this secure room that will limit Russia's ability in Ukraine? We're able to view intelligence on Russia's attempts to evade our sanctions. Uh, We also see intelligence about what Russia needs to continue its war in Ukraine. And so how much time do you spend in the SCIF? 
So um, I will spend sometimes hours a day in the Hours? Skin. Hours um, a day? Yeah, and the secretary and I will spend, uh, do a few meetings in there a week together with the te team to review our progress across a number of issues. The deputy secretary told us limiting Russia's supply of everything, from microchips to ball bearings, has made a difference on the battlefield. Take me behind the scenes about how you know that the sanctions that you have and other uh, countries have imposed is really having an effect. I won't tell you about any intelligence that I've seen, but I can tell you Russia's top tank producers have shut down their operations, and they've made this public because they can't get the equipment that they need. U.S. and allied sanctions have taken a significant toll on Russia's military. But CBS News has learned some of the cruise missiles that Russia launched in attacks on the Ukrainian capital of Kyiv on November 23rd were made in Russia just weeks earlier. Does that suggest that Russia is evading some of these sanctions that you're crafting right here at the Treasury Department? So I don't know the details on these missiles. Um, I would say that uh, Russia's ability to supply its military has been very significantly eroded by the sanctions and the export controls. Starting this past week, the G7, which includes the U.S. and the European Union, plus Australia, agreed to a price cap of $60 a barrel on Russian oil. The elaborate plan, eight months in the making, came together just as Europe placed a ban on the importation of Russian oil raising fears of a price spike that would hit a continent already suffering from high energy prices. What does this price cap on Russian oil do? What's the goal? The first goal is to um, limit the revenue that Russia receives. And we want to make sure that they don't get windfall profits. But the second goal is one that concerns Americans and countries all around the world. And that is, we want to keep Russian oil flowing because Russia is a significant supplier of oil to the markets. So those are our two goals. Suppress Russian revenue, make it more difficult for them to fight the war, and keep global prices in a moderate range and avoid spikes. That's a pretty delicate balance. It is. It's new. The, the um, price cap only went into effect at the beginning of this week. But I would say, so far, so good. The American people have committed $38 billion to military aid to Ukraine, an additional $13 billion in direct aid to prop up the Ukrainian economy. How long can that support in the billions of dollars continue for Ukraine? For as long as it takes. The U.S. Treasury was set up to finance another war, the War of Independence against Great Britain, before the U.S. even existed. It is the oldest departmental building in Washington, whereas the 78th secretary, Janet Yellen, made history. I am the first woman. Ah, so this is your office. This is my office. Yellen enjoys a personal connection to another Treasury secretary who once made history himself. This is uh, another portrait of Hamilton. And you actually went to Hamilton High School in Brooklyn? I, I did. I went to Fort Hamilton High School. It was named after Hamilton, of course. And did you ever think that I would follow in his footsteps? I never, certainly never thought of it at the time. I didn't even know that I would study economics. She was born in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. 
After graduating from Brown University, the secretary earned a Ph.D. in economics from Yale in 1971. She was the only woman in her class. The notes she took as a teaching assistant are passed down by graduate students to this day. More than half a century later, this past Thursday, we followed Secretary Yellen to Fort Worth, Texas, to see the first dollar bills with her signature go into production. Hot off the press. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's fantastic. That's wonderful. I'm really excited. That's just great. This Bureau of Engraving and Printing plant is part of Treasury and one of only two sites in the nation that print American currency. Two trillion dollars worth is currently in circulation worldwide, most of it printed here. Oh my gosh, look! This occasion marked the first time in the nation's nearly 250-year history that the two signatures on the dollar, U.S. Treasurer Lynn Malerba and Secretary of the Treasury Janet Yellen, were both signed by women. I wish my parents were alive to see this. Yeah, I, yeah. I think they would find it very exciting. You've had many firsts. Uh, the first female head of the Fed, the first female head of the U.S. Treasury. And now to see your name on these dollar bills. What does that mean? Well, I'm immensely honored by it. But, you know, our currency is really about our values and our sense of ourselves as a nation. And they signify a sound economy, a strong financial system, and a country that's able to produce currency that really is a standard around the world. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car or a house. It's the four wheels that get you where you're going and the four walls that welcome you home. When you combine auto and home insurance with Amica, we'll help protect it all. And the more you cover, the more you can save. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. When whistleblower Frances Haugen pulled back the curtain on Facebook last fall, thousands of pages of internal documents showed troubling signs that the social media giant knew its platforms could be negatively impacting youth, and we're doing little to effectively change it. With around 21 million American adolescents on social media, parents took note. Today, there are more than 1,200 families pursuing lawsuits against social media companies, including TikTok, Snapchat, YouTube, Roblox, and Meta, the parent company to Instagram and Facebook. More than 150 lawsuits will be moving forward next year. Tonight, you'll hear from some of the families suing social media. We want to warn you that some of the content in this story is alarming, but we thought it was important to include because parents say the posts impacted their kids' mental health and, in some cases, helped lead to the death of their children. 
They're holding our children hostage and they're seeking and preying on them. Preying on them. Yes. The Spence family is suing social media giant Meta. Kathleen and Jeff Spence say Instagram led their daughter Alexis into depression and to an eating disorder at the age of 12. We realized that we were slowly losing her. We really had no comprehension to how severe social media had affected our daughter. She was being drawn into this hidden space and this dark world. It began after the Spences, both middle school teachers from Long Island, New York, gave 11-year-old Alexis a cell phone to keep in touch with them after school. We had very strict rules from the moment she had the phone. The phone was never allowed in the room at night. We would keep the phone in the hall. We checked the phone. We put restrictions on the phone. I would wait for my parents to fall asleep, and then I would just sit in the hallway, or I would sneak my phone in my room. I wasn't allowed to use a lot of apps, and they had a lot of the parental controls on. And so how quickly did you figure out a way around the restrictions? <laughs> Pretty quickly. Hoping to connect and keep up with friends, Alexis joined Instagram. Instagram policy mandates users are 13 years old. Alexis was 11. I thought you had to be 13. It asks you, are you 13 years or older? I checked the box, yes, and then just kept going. And there was never any checks? No, no verification or anything like that. If I had picked up your phone, would I have seen the Instagram app on there? No. There were apps that you could use to disguise it as another app. So you could download like a calculator, calculator, but it's really Instagram. There was always some workaround. She was outwitting you. Right, she was outwitting us. She was addicted to social media and they, we couldn't stop it. It was much bigger than us. Now, 20, Alexis says an innocent search on Instagram for fitness routines led her into a dark world. It started as like fitness stuff, and then I guess that would spark the algorithm to show me diets. It then started to shift into eating disorders. What were you seeing? People would post photos of themselves who were very sickly or just very thin and using them to promote eating disorders. These are some of the images that were sent to Alexis through Instagram's algorithms, which process the user's browsing history and personal data, then push content to them they never directly asked for. What did you learn from looking at these pro-anorexic websites? A lot. <laughs> Learning about diet pills and how to lose weight when you're 11 and going through puberty and like your body is supposed to be changing, um, it's hard. When did that stop being something that you looked at and start being something that you were doing to yourself? Within months. Did it normalize it for you? Did you think, oh, well, other people are yeah, doing this? Yeah, definitely. Like, they needed help. I needed help. And instead of getting help, I was getting advice on how to continue. Smile nice. By the time she was 12, Alexis had developed an eating disorder. She had multiple Instagram accounts and says she would spend five hours a day scrolling through the app, even though it often made her feel depressed. She drew this picture of herself in her diary, crying, surrounded by her phone and laptop, with thoughts reading, stupid, fat, kill yourself. I was struggling with my mental health. I was struggling with my depression and my body image. And social media did not help with my confidence. And if anything, it, it made me, like, hate myself. It all came to a head her sophomore year when Alexis posted on Instagram that she didn't deserve to exist. 
a friend alerted a school counselor. That was the scariest day of our lives. I got a call to come to the school, and I went there, and they were just showing me all of these Instagram posts of how Alexis wanted to kill herself and hurt herself. And if Instagram is really has all the software to protect them, why was that not flagged? Why was that not identified? This previously unpublished internal document reveals Facebook knew Instagram was pushing girls to dangerous content. It says that in 2021, an Instagram employee ran an internal investigation on eating disorders by opening up a false account as a 13-year-old girl looking for diet tips. She was led to this content and recommendations to follow Skinny Binge and Apple Core Anorexic. Other memos show Facebook employees raising concerns about company research that revealed Instagram made one in three teen girls feel worse about their bodies, and the teens who used the app felt higher rates of anxiety and depression. What was it like when you saw those Facebook papers for the first time? Sickening. The fact that I was sitting there struggling and hoping to save my daughter's life, and they had all these documents behind closed doors that they could have protected her, and they chose to ignore that research. Attorney Matt Bergman represents the Spence family. He started the Social Media Victims Law Center after reading the Facebook papers and is now working with more than 1,200 families who are pursuing lawsuits against social media companies like Meta. Time and time again, when they have an, uh, an opportunity to choose between safety of our kids and profits, uh, they always choose profits. Next year, Bergman and his team will start the discovery process for the federal case against Meta and other social media companies, a multi-million dollar suit that he says is more about changing policy than financial compensation. Bergman spent 25 years as a product liability attorney, specializing in asbestos and mesothelioma cases. He argues the design of social media platforms is ultimately hurting kids. They have intentionally designed a product uh, that is addictive. They understand that if uh, children stay online, they make more money. It doesn't matter how harmful the material is. So the fact that these kids ended up seeing the things that they saw that were so disturbing wasn't by accident, it was by design. Absolutely, this is not a coincidence. Isn't it the parents' job to monitor this stuff? Well, of course it is. I'm all for parental responsibility, but these products are explicitly designed to evade parental authority. So what needs to be done? Number one is age and identity verification. You know, that technology exists. You know, if people are trying to hook up on Tinder, there's technology to make sure that uh, the people are who they say they are. Number two would be turn off the algorithms. Uh, you know, there's no reason why Alexis Spence, who was interested in exercise, should have been directed toward anorexic content. Number three uh, would be warnings. Uh, so that uh, uh, parents uh, know what's going on. Let's be realistic. You're never going to have social media platforms be 100% safe. But, you know, these changes would make them safer. In her favorite pose. Mm. <laughs> right now, the Roberts family says social media is not safe for kids. England Roberts was the baby in a large family, the center of her parents' Tony and Brandy's world. She made every day special every day 
every day felt like Christmas here. But England's life online told a different story. As the pandemic played out, England wrote about struggles with self-worth, relationships, and mental health. One August night in 2020, just a few hours after Tony and Brandy kissed their 14-year-old smiling daughter goodnight, Brandy received a text from a parent of one of England's friends who was worried about England and suggested they check on her. We went upstairs and we checked and her door was locked and that was kind of odd. I took the key from the top and we opened the door and no England. And when I turned around, that's when I found her. When you find your child hanging and you are in that moment in disbelief, it's just no way, not our baby, not our child. And then ultimately, I fault myself. Why do you fault yourself? I'm dead. Supposed to know. Prior to that night, you had no idea that she was depressed. Not, not even close. Like the Spence family, Tony Roberts started connecting the dots after the Facebook papers came out. I knew her password. And began digging through his daughter's phone for answers. He found an Instagram post sent to England from a friend. There was a video, and that video was a lady on Instagram pretending to hang herself. And that's ultimately what our child did. Because you ask yourself, how did she come up with this idea? And then when I did the research, there it was. She saw it on Instagram. It was on her phone. If that video wasn't sent to her, because she copied it, she wouldn't have, she wouldn't have had, had a way of knowing how to do that certain way of hanging yourself. Nearly a year and a half after England's death, that hanging video was still circulating on Instagram with at least 1,500 views. Tony Roberts says it was taken down in December 2021. The Roberts are suing Meta, the parent company, to Instagram. If they so-called monitor and do things, how could it stay on that site? Because they're part of their policy states they don't allow for self-harm photos, videos, things of that nature. So who's holding them accountable? Meta declined our request for an interview, but its global head of safety gave us this statement telling us we want teens to be safe online and that Instagram doesn't allow content promoting self-harm or eating disorders and that Meta has improved Instagram's age verification technology. But when 60 Minutes ran this test two months ago, our colleague was able to lie about her age and sign up for Instagram as a 13-year-old with no verifications. We were also able to search for skinny and harmful content, and while this prompt came up asking if we wanted help, we instead clicked see posts and easily found content promoting anorexia and self-harm, showing more rigorous change is needed, a challenge the Spence and Roberts families are ready for. We're being gaslighted by the big tech companies that it's our fault, when really what we should be doing as parents is banding together and say, no, you need to do better. I'm doing everything I can. You need to do better. We've lost, we've learned, but what's going to stop these companies from continuing to let things happen if they don't change or be forced to make a change? Social media is a silent killer for our children's generation. That's the conclusion I've come to. Why is everyone in power 
that can help change this? Why is it not changing quick enough? If our children are truly our future, what's the wait? You can't wave a wand and make intolerance, hardship, and violence disappear. But you can use magic to try. We learned that after visiting a remarkable school in Cape Town, South Africa. It's called the College of Magic. While it's not an accredited institution, it is a real-life Hogwarts, a school filled with students ranging in age from 10 to 18, and more importantly, reflecting South Africa, they come from privilege and poverty. Pick a canard, any canard. Slate of hand, juggling, ventriloquism, card tricks, you can learn it all at the College of Magic. But what the school really teaches is also the great superpower of magic itself, rethinking the limits of possibility. It looks like any other campus. Gothic architecture, a diverse student body, a core curriculum, all balanced with electives. To become masters of magic, these kids must be both tacticians and technicians. Up, down, across. And pull down one at a time. Like any art form, this one requires practice, application, discipline. Six spades. Ah, diamonds. There is no magic bullet. While students attend academic school during the week, they come here after school, on weekends and on holidays. Is it this card? No. It takes six years to earn a diploma. One, two, three. Sinatemba Bawuti is a teacher, a graduate, and himself now a practicing magician. He shows students the tricks of the trade. What is it about magic? What appeals to you so much about this? I, I didn't think that I would be doing this as a, as a career or performing it, like doing it like to support myself. I want to put a smile on people's faces, make them happy, entertain them, break ice. That's what I wanted to do. But then it became my thing, like that I'm using to feed my family and myself. So it's one and then you transfer. And he says he and the school aim to teach the kids honesty, humility, and respect. Sounds like the, the, the tricks and the juggling is only a small part of it. Yeah, it's not a college of magic, it's a college of life. Let's get out of upstairs. For the revered dean and founder, David Gore, it's been 40 years since he stopped practicing law and pulled the ultimate bit of misdirection. Oh, wow. In his hometown of Cape Town, he opened a college, the only school of its kind devoted to wonder. Hello. <laughs> I'm surely not the first person to make the joke. You, you gave up law to pursue a career of, of deception. I know, I like to think of it as deception. We like to think of it as of, of illusion and wonderment. This is giving some of the game away. Gore's encyclopedic knowledge and love of magic fills the halls, quite literally. Contraptions and memorabilia trace the history of illusion. Even with all the sophistication around us, there's nothing more exciting than seeing a magician live and seeing something appear or disappear right under your nose. Well, what do you attribute that to? I think people genuinely are very interested in and curious um, about how the laws of nature can be suspended. And I think the magician offers that opportunity, that, that gateway to a, to a world which we all would love to be part of, where gravity is always pulling us to planet Earth where we can float upwards. It's a beautiful feeling. Nothing here is quite as it seems. 
When we visited last July, students were preparing for the annual Children's Magic Festival. We have a dress rehearsal. What do you think, turban or no uh, turban? I like the, the turban. It's a good look. <laughs> Whoa. Turn up your card, please. Turn it up? Yes. <laughs> Very good. That was a winner. Come into our uh, close-up theater. Come inside. Michael Barta has been teaching here for decades. I teach children how to use their hands. And this, this, I do. Okay, I was juggling three balls. Somebody's taken my ball. The school was always conceived to go beyond Hocus Pocus. Is magic about what you see or what you miss? Barta thinks it's both. So how many balls do I have? Magic develops skepticism and curiosity. Those two things are needed in education. But that's great. You come here, there's a healthy skepticism. How did he do that? Yeah. And it's mixed with this curiosity, this wonder. How did he do that? I know. How did he do that? Wow. This one's spinning around. From the school's beginning, it reflected a cross-section of South Africa. Now, as then, students come from the most wealthy suburbs and from Cape Town's most impoverished townships. Duma McCorkey's day starts at dawn in the tin shack he shares with his grandmother and aunt. Duma's mother was murdered four years ago. The sprawling shanty town, like so many others in the country, is pocked by violence and drugs. Some of them are carrying guns, and some of them are carrying knives, like busy robbing old people, like being on drugs and stuff. So, like, I have to be indoors because, hey, gunshots. You're describing gunshots and knives and drugs and gangs. And you come here, it must, must be a bit of a relief. It helped me a lot. Like, it saved me from doing those stuff. Because I became an artist and, like, I became to take care of myself. You say artist. Yeah. You're a magician, you're an artist, because it's art. Mm. Yeah. In the townships, you don't come across many bow ties. So when Duma passes by, he draws attention. A quick bit of whiz. And gee whiz. And he's off. The school arranges transportation when needed, shuttling the kids on the long journey into the city. There is no uniform as such, but students are encouraged to dress as smartly as they can. For many, going to the school marks a rare opportunity to get out of the township. Tuition is $350 a year, unaffordable for most of the 130 students. The college, a nonprofit, raises funds for scholarships, breakfast and lunch included. You have some kids coming here who are malnourished. You have to feed. You have other kids getting picked up by parents in, in fancy sports cars. Is that hard for you to watch? Yes, I think it's an important part of our, of our nation building and for, for understanding that young people get to understand how each other is living and how we think and, uh, and how we approach life. Because these are going to be the young people who are going to drive 
this nation forward. I could see some people watching this saying, this, this college of magic is all well and good, and you're teaching kids to make coins disappear, but why aren't you teaching them coding or something more practical? I think the, the most important skill in the 21st century is going to be imaginative thinking, because no matter which career you select to go into, um, it's going to no longer be your knowledge around that because that knowledge is so freely available now on the internet. It's going to be how you use that knowledge. And there is no better topic or subject than magic to explode the whole idea of imagination. They trade their cape for, for a three-piece suit or for a sports jersey or for a nurse's attire. You're okay with that? Absolutely. 15-year-old Nakane Ntame is a rising star at the college. But four years ago, she had to beg her mother to allow her to enroll. And then I was like, Mom, I would like to join this. What are you talking about? I want to become a magician. And she thought I was crazy, but here I am today. Here you are. Your mom said you were crazy for wanting to be a magician. Because they do not believe in magic. Look away, please. Not only that, for many in the townships, magic is associated with the occult or witchcraft. The first time I performed, I performed for my grandmother, right? So she does not understand magic at all. And every time she would see magic, like, ah, buloi, which means darkness, you know, evil powers and stuff like that. People are saying, I, I don't understand. Explain it to me. What do you tell them? Oh, that magic is not black magic. We do not practice any kinds of spells, dark spells. There are actually secrets behind the magic, and it takes time to practice and master it. This effect, you must follow very, very carefully, because a lot of things happen. Milo Dreyersmith says his mom had to convince him to enroll. Before I came to College of Magic, I was very shy. So I couldn't dance even in front of my brother and sister. I would just kind of go hide behind my mom, and my mom said I need to learn SI skills. SI is social intelligence. Yes. And then when we learned about the College of Magic, she was like, that is the perfect spot. Firstly, you'll get into a good high school because you have lots of different talents, and secondly, it's SI skills. I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to take a risk. Mm -hmm. You came here for more social intelligence to come out of your shell a little bit. It seems like it's working. Yeah, it is working. Being a magician, do you feel like you're part of a secret society, a secret club? Yes, like a secret agent of a big force. Let's do a role play. Milo, Milo, tell me how you do that trick. No. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Because you're a dunderhead and you want people to understand. I'm a dunderhead. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> Never give up your secrets though, right? Actually, yeah. all, my, all my family has learned all of it by now. Because when I practice for a performance, they pick up my mistakes. Your family can keep a secret? I'm not sure about my sister. <laughs> Ten miles and an incalculable distance from where Milo lives meet Lulo Stofile, Lulo the Great, as he calls himself. Lulo the Great. He lives in a one-bedroom home with his father Sean, mother Belinda, and little sister Lolu. Forgot something. He, too, transformed after joining the College of Magic. He's, like, hyperactive. Was he always that way? No, he was too shy, like his sister. This guy was shy? Very, very shy. I don't believe it. Very, very shy. But for Belinda and Sean, magic is more than a tool to get Lulo out of his shell. It might also be his path out of poverty. Bravo. I said to Lulo, each and every day, continue with your magic. Continue with your magic. Yes. Yeah. Fly wherever you want to go to. It's your life, it's not my life. 
But the only thing that I want from you is to, to succeed in life. Succeed in life. That's yeah. it. One day, you're going to be a famous magician. One day, you're going to be a famous magician. Is that what you want? Yes, and it will happen. Three, Lulu. But first things first. Tomorrow is the Children's Magic Festival, and Lulo can barely contain himself. What's the goal tomorrow? The goal tomorrow is to show people who I am. I'm Lulo the Great, the Jaguar, spinning rings, all that stuff. Cards, juggle, dancing. What doesn't Lulo the Great do? Lulo the Great doesn't do only one thing, many stuff. Man of many talents. Many talents. There was an abundance of talent on display, and there was an abundance of wide-eyed wonder. Kids and parents and this correspondent converged on the college. Duma McCorky was among the showstoppers. Some of them, it's the first time to see this. I bring happiness to the kids. That's why I feel happy, because I'm making them happy. You're not just making them happy, you're making them wonder. You're expanding their idea of possibility and imagination. Yeah, it's a great feeling. It's a great feeling. But you don't give it up when they say, how'd you do it? It's magic. <laughs> it's magic. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Now, an update on a story we reported one year ago. Alessandro Michele, the eccentric creative director of the House of Gucci, sat atop the world of high fashion in Rome. Nearly seven years into his tenure, he had transformed the Gucci image with edgy, odd, and outrageous designs. But in fashion, something once in must eventually be out. In late November, the fashion house and the designer parted ways. As he told us, it was a day he expected would come. You said after that first show, you were worried they were going to fire you. Yeah. Are you feeling a little more confident now? I love to feel insecure, in a way. It, it makes it, you creative. Yeah, it made me feel creative. It's almost like life. It's not forever. That's the most beautiful thing, that nothing's forever. That's why it's precious. I'm Sharon Alfonsi. We'll be back next week with another edition of 60 Minutes. If you like 60 Minutes, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey. 
Are you a fan of 60 Minutes? You can represent the most watched series on television with shirts, sweatshirts, mugs, and more at ParamountShop.com. You can take 20% off with code MINUTES20. That's 20% off at checkout on all 60 Minutes products with code MINUTES20 at ParamountShop.com. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary and it's not boring. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. I'm going to be your financial coach, someone who brings common sense and an insider's perspective on how to manage your money and your emotions. And I promise we are going to have a little bit of fun along the way. Have a question from retirement to career changes to college funding? Just send us an email at askjill at jillonmoney.com. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app.